quit being the world's best kept secret. Your time is now. Welcome to the Millionaire Woman Show, where we'll be discussing leadership, business, human potential, inspiring you to live rich from the inside out. Unlock your creativity, stretch out of your comfort zone, break through your barriers, take inspired action, and achieve epic results. Now here's your host, three-time best-selling author, speaker, and certified executive coach, Deborah Kozowski. And welcome to another Millionaire Woman Show. We're so grateful that you've joined us today. We're talking about life, leadership, and business. And I'm your host, Deborah Kozowski. I have Michelle Seiler Tucker. She is the founder and CEO of Seiler Tucker Incorporated. And as a 20-year veteran of mergers and acquisitions, Michelle sold hundreds of businesses. She owns and operates several successful companies and holds the following professional designation and certifications merger and acquisition mastery intermediary, certified business, uh, senior business analyst, certified mergers and acquisitions professional, certified business broker, panelist for MNA source, keynote speaker. Michelle is also the best-selling author of the book, Sell Your Business for More Than It's Worth, and her latest book, Exit Rich, which is now available for purchase. And in addition to being featured on Inc., Forbes, USA Magazine, Michelle makes regular radio and TV appearances on Fox Business News and CNBC. She has spoken alongside many prominent speakers, Eric Trump, Kathy Ireland, Mayor Rudy Giuliani, Donna Karen, Stedman Graham, Randy Zuckerberg, Steve Wozniak, and more. And Michelle also shares her wealth of experience and perspective um, with MA advisors by conducting multiple training and mentoring and partnering programs over the years. These programs have helped many individuals become successful M&A advisors and business brokers. Recognized as a leading authority in buying, selling, fixing, and growing businesses, Michelle seeks opportunity where many are discouraged or have given up. Her passion to save businesses that might otherwise close. By identifying and correcting the top mistakes that business owners make, Michelle will fine-tune a business into a well-oiled machine. Sometimes investing her own money to help owners with their business, Michelle's primary objective is to sell for huge profits. Michelle Seiler Tucker, remarkable track record, proves her dedication to her clients and has modified formidable force in her industry. She closes 98% of all written offers and on average obtains 20 to 40% above asking price for her clients. Through this process, she empowers her clients to afford lifestyles that they've always dreamed of and most importantly, deserve. Please welcome Michelle Seiler Tucker to the show. Thank you, Deborah. And you know what? Thanks for reading all that. That's quite a mouthful. <laughs> like, wow. You are just so accomplished, uh, a phenomenal woman leader, uh, really um, trailblazing, really trailblazing, you know, the industry and showing people what it's all about. And I'm so um, honored to have you come on the show. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. So you have a brand new book coming out. Exit Rich. Um, and, you know, I have so many questions of thinking about your whole journey. And I would just love to start off by what got you interested in merger and acquisitions to begin with? 
Yeah. So it was, it was a journey. You know, I didn't wake up one day and say, Hey, I'm going to sell businesses. Um, I have always been interested in entrepreneurship. I've always owned small businesses. I've always been interested in writing. I was always writing as a child. You know, most children will play, little girls will play with dolls and toys and things like that. My mom said I never played with anything. All I did is walk around with a notebook, a pen, and I would walk around and walk up to strangers and just ask them questions and write down all of their responses. So my mom's like, she's going to be the next Barbara Walters. <laughs> so I've always, you know, just been, I'm, I'm a people person. I've always been interested in people. I love solving problems. I love creating solutions. I love entrepreneurship. I did kind of get sucked into corporate America when I went to work for Xerox. Xerox actually recruited me and I was there for about six months and my nickname became the closer because whenever they couldn't close a deal, they would call me and I would close the deal. So within six months, my, my supervisor came to me and said, Michelle, you really should apply for the regional vice president position. She goes, you won't get it because you've only been here for six months and you're up against people that have been with Xerox five, 10, 15 years. I'm like, well, why would I apply for something I'm never going to get? And she said, because of the experience, you will learn so much during this three-month process that will teach you things that you will use for a lifetime. And it was true. And so I did go ahead and, and, and I went through the process. It was a three-month grueling, grueling process. Wow. But I ended up getting the position. Even no even way. Like, I would never get it. I did. So I said, you know what? I'm going to be the ultimate closer. <laughs> so I did get the position. And, you know, it's always tell salespeople, be careful what you wish for, because going from sales into management, especially regional vice president, is a very big change. You know, when you go into vice president, you're not dealing with clients anymore. You're not. You're having meetings to have more meetings, to have follow-up meetings, to do reports. <laughs> yeah. So it's all about meetings and paperwork, right? And so anyway, um, I, I did that. I was in that position for about, I don't know, three or four months. And I really, really missed entrepreneurship. So I told my husband, I said, I'm going to buy a franchise operating on the side to keep my position because I had a great position, six-figure position with great benefits. And I said, I'm going to go ahead and keep my position. So I stumbled across the franchise. I had two locations and my husband knew the, knew the owner of that, of, of that particular franchise. And I said, listen, I want to buy a franchise. And they said, no, we know of you. We know your husband. We know your nickname is The Closer. So we want you to partner with us and help put us on the map by selling franchises, but also be a partner. And I said, wow. if you do that, we'll give you a franchise. You don't have to buy one. And I said, wow, that, that sounds like a great offer, but I'm not going to leave a six-figure position with great benefits for a company that's got two locations. Right. <laughs> and I said, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll try it for six months. So six months, I'll work nights, weekends, go to trade shows, host events, all of this stuff while keeping my day job at Xerox. I did that for six months, made more money. I don't think I slept at all, but made more money in those six months than I made an entire year at Xerox. So then I resigned and they're like, oh my gosh, she's been in this position six months and then she resigned. So I resigned when that's what started my franchise development, franchise um, de consulting, franchise sales career. But then the company did something that most companies do, most business owners do. They spend all their focus on marketing, 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 sell, sell, sells, and they don't build a solid foundation to handle the growth. So the walls come crumbling down, the ceiling caves in, you know, you got disgruntled clients, 
And that's what happened with them. They were over-promising, under-delivering. Uh, the business was crashing very quickly. I was on the side of the franchisees. I sold hundreds of franchisees for them. And the franchisor was upset with me because they're like, well, you're our partner. You need to be on our side. I said, no, I'm on the side of the client. And I will always be on the side of the client. They spent their money. Some of them spent all the money they have. You have to deliver. You have to make good on this. You know, you're going to end up with a class action suit. So anyway, um, I ended up telling them you need to buy me out because I realized very quickly after being with them for a few years that our values did not align. Mm. We had a different set of values. You know, I believe in under-promising and over-delivering and, and going way above and beyond to develop a wow experience for, for clients. And they believe in the opposite. So I did have them, um, went through a separation um, with them and said, gosh, what am I going to do now? <laughs> what am I going to do now? And then I'm like, you know, I should sell businesses. Selling businesses can't be that much harder than selling franchises, right? Yeah. So that's when I transitioned into selling small businesses at first and then very quickly transitioned into selling businesses $10 million and up. And then I learned very quickly, like Steve Forbes says, eight out of 10 businesses will not sell. Steve Forbes actually endorsed my book, Exit Rich. And he's right. Eight out of 10 businesses don't sell. So then I learned very quickly, if I don't start fixing them and growing them and building them to sell, I'm going to starve to death. <laughs> so that's what began, began my career. I'm not just selling businesses, but I specialize in buying, selling, fixing, growing. Buy businesses, flip them. Also partner with business owners, investing my money, resources, time, energy, and effort to help save business owners so they can retire, you know, and sell for the price tag they deserve. And I've always dreamed of. That's, That's my an story. awesome journey, Michelle. <laughs> um, I have so many thoughts and questions that I want to ask you from that. So first off, you know, that three month grueling period when that person told you that, mm -hmm. you know, this will be the greatest lessons that you will learn, even if you didn't get the job. Mm -hmm. Do you remember one to two of those lessons that you took away from that? Yeah, I think, it, yeah, one big lesson was, and I've always done this anyway, but I, I, I really did it more at this point was prepare, 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 prepare. Because this process consisted of doing Q and A's with high level executives. They were like a client that I was selling a Xerox system to. Mm -hmm. So I had to sell them their product. <laughs> right. So the big thing I learned is always be prepared over prepare you can never prepare enough right. prepare 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 practice 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 i always practice i knew what i was going to say i knew what i was going to ask i also had to do a demonstration in front of these high level executives i had to do a presentation and i prepared that demonstration over and over and over again i also anticipated so also you know um, i learned about well i knew this already but i really learned more about anticipation. What will they ask? What objectives are they gonna throw my way? You know, what could they possibly ask me? What could they possibly, you know, say to me? What could they possibly um, throw an objection to me? So anticipate, um, prepare, planning, anticipation. <laughs> I can't talk, anticipate right. and anticipate. And then um, act like, you know, I always say fake it till you make it. Act like you belong. I remember going out and buying a Mont Blanc pen because <laughs> it made me feel more successful. It made me feel more 
executive level. So right. I went and bought that Mont Blanc pen. I, I remember buying a certain suit that made me feel, you know, like I belong, made me feel like an executive. So, you know, prepare, plan, look the part, feel the part, anticipate. Um, I think all of those really. And then kind of really figuring out what they wanted, what they were looking for, you know, and really turning the tables and asking them questions. Because I don't know if my, if the other Xerox um, employees did that. I really kind of turned the tables to find out, well, what are you looking for? What do you need? What would, you know, what do y'all look, look, what would make you guys pick somebody over somebody else? Right. So questioning. Yeah. So at any time, you know, because the person said, you know, chances are you're not going to get it. How, how mm -hmm. did you deal with that? Having that doubt that someone was planting? I've, I've lived, well, I, I've, <laughs> you know, I'm kind of used to that. Anybody who's in sales is used to that. You know, it takes five no's to get a yes. Anybody who says, who thinks they're going to get a yes right away should never be in sales. So I've always, I've always been used to getting objections. You know, to me, an objection is one close, one closer step to getting a yes. So I've always, you know, when somebody tells me I can't, I will. <laughs> when somebody tells me I'm not going to be successful, I don't believe it. So just because they told me you'll never get it, I didn't, I didn't buy into that. And I think that's a big thing is that people buy into things. I didn't buy into that. You know, we have a choice. We have a choice to... To, to own what we believe, uh, we have a choice to buy into what others believe that we should be. Yeah. And I, I think it's so important. I think into entrepreneurship, there's so many um, doubts planted, especially by people who aren't even involved in entrepreneurship and they've never taken chances themselves and taken, you know, everybody has an opinion, you know, that's right. Everybody, everybody has an opinion. Everybody is an expert, but they really are not an expert. And I always tell, tell people, listen, if you're going to ask for advice, ask for advice from an expert that's actually been down the path you want to travel. Mm. So Otherwise, don't valuable ask. Valuable words, valuable words. So why yes. are 70% of businesses that have been in business for 10 years or longer going out of business now? Yeah, so that's a, that's a great question. So I'm going to answer that, but let me just give you a little bit of history. So when I wrote my first book in 2013, Sell Your Business for More Than It's Worth, and I did the research, learned that, you know, 85 to 95% of startups fail, right? We all know that. That's how it's always been. The startups from one to five years are always at great, great risk, and 85 to 95% will fail. But then when I wrote Exit Rich in 2019, did the same research, that's when I learned that the business landscape has changed dramatically and it's actually flip-flopped. So now it's only 30% of startups will fail. So all of you startups that want to go start a business, now, now is your time. But out of 27.6 million companies, now listen to this, because I need to put this in perspective for your listeners. There's 30.2 million businesses in the, in the, in the United States, 30.2 million, employing over half the U.S. workforce. Small business is the backbone of our economy. If we lose small business, we lose jobs. When you lose jobs, you lose spending power. When you lose spending power, businesses close because consumers can't afford to spend money. So it's a trickle-down effect. So now out of 27.6 million businesses, 70% of those businesses that have been in business 10 years or longer will go out of business. 
70%. Why is that? Now, here's, here's a fact. Nobody knows this because nobody's talking about it. The media doesn't talk about it. The media talks about, oh, Toys R Us went under, Kmart, JCPenney's, Steinmart, GNC just closed down 100 locations. Oh, Starbucks in trouble. But they don't talk about all the private companies on every street corner in every town and every state across our great nation because it's not newsworthy to them. But meanwhile, 70% of these business owners are being forced into selling for pennies on a dollar, closing their business, or even worse, filing bankruptcy. And when you file bankruptcy, you don't just lose your business assets. Most cases, you're going to lose your personal assets too, because most business owners co-mingle assets. So nobody's talking about it. But the reason why these business owners are going out of business is because consumers don't purchase products and services the way they used to. And business owners that have been in business for 10 years and longer have become complacent. They stop what I call AIM. AIM is always innovate and market. Innovate and market. Toys R Us has been in business for 70 years. Tell me one thing they did differently. <laughs> and back in 1954, they started the Toys R Us model, modeled it after grocery store concept, never really innovated. They're out of business. Blockbuster saw Netflix, saw the writing on the wall, had the opportunity to purchase Netflix, sat back fat and happy, and now they're out of business. You either innovate or you're going to be out of business. You're either growing or dying, growing or dying. So many of these business owners stopped innovating, stopped marketing. And the company that makes it easiest for the consumer to do business is a company that's going to win. Amazon is winning because Amazon makes it very easy to do business with them. You can practically order anything from Amazon and have it delivered to your house in two days, unless you're trying to get toilet paper because <laughs> of COVID. But Amazon really changed the way that consumers buy products, right? So we, so business owners really have to start thinking about their business in a completely different way, and they have to ask their clients. What do you need? What do you want? How can I make it easier for you to do business with me? Because clients' needs have changed. What they used to need and want before COVID are different now. And business owners stop asking. Yeah. yeah. So we got to get to the basics. So important because complacency. Innovation is key. <laughs> innovation is key. You got to know what consumers want and you got to be like Steve Jobs. And, and create the want. Nobody knew they wanted a, an, a, an iPhone in their pocket. Nobody knew they wanted to do everything on an iPad. Nobody knew they'd be running down the street with, with, um, with iPods. You know, nobody knew all that, right? Steve Jobs created that. And you see the domination. So innovation now. is key. What's yeah. that? You see domination now. You know, I don't know anybody who doesn't, you know, necessarily use an Apple product. Or, I know. You know, in some form. Which is why Apple is the largest brand in the world. The brand alone is worth $389 billion. That's not assets, inventory, EBITDA, anything else. That's just the brand alone is worth $389 billion. Amazing. And Apple at one point was going under. Yeah. See, and it's just a matter of in innovating and getting creative to turn things around. Well, yes. And it's a matter of asking the right question. So when Steve Jobs came back to Apple after leaving um, Pixar, you know, he came in and was like, okay, what business are we in? What do we do really, really well? And what business should we be in? These are transformational questions that all business owners should be asking themselves. Yeah. So what business was Apple in? They were in a computer business, right? 
He said, what business should we be in? What do we do really well? We're good at technology. What should we be in? He said, we should be in the connecting business. We should be able to connect with people all around the world, no matter where you live. And that's kind of what developed all these different products. It's kind of like Amazon. Mm -hmm. Amazon started in a bookstore business and Amazon asked themselves, what business are we in? We're in bookstores. We're in, a bo I mean, we booksellers, we sell books. What business should we, what do we do really, really well? And Amazon said, we do fulfillment really well. We're like the best at fulfillment. Yeah. Then they asked themselves, what business should we be in? And they're like, oh, we should be in fulfillment. <laughs> yeah. Those three questions transformed Amazon to a bookseller to the multi-billion dollar conglomerate that they are right now with those three transformational questions. So business owners, entrepreneurs really need to start looking at their business and asking these transformational questions. So many entrepreneurs are transactional and they stop being transformational. And if you really wanna transform your business, then you have to ask different questions. Yeah, and, and it is really about getting curious and really digging deeper into what do you really want? You know, we talk about the why, we talk about peeling back the layers, mm -hmm. you know, and I think it's, you know, when you said that about connection, the why wasn't technology, you know, it's a physical, tangible product, but really it's the emotion right. connected that really that transformational Correct. connection piece that really makes a difference. Cause look how excited yeah. people get from FaceTiming, especially right now. Right, right, right. And that was, so, so what they were really good at was technology. You know, what they thought they should be in is connecting the personal connection. Yeah, that's right. That's what, how all the Apple products started. So it's very important to ask those questions. Mm -hmm. So what are some of the steps that business owners can take to exit their business rich, smart, and on their terms and improving those chances of finding the right buyer by using the STGPS exit model? Sure. So the STGPS exit model is something I came up with probably 20 years ago because I've been in this industry for 20 years. Um, so no business owner goes in their business planning or exit. Most business owners never ever think about their exit until they have to exit due to a catastrophic event, internal or external, external COVID. A lot of restaurants are trying to sell right now because they just can't hang on. That's the worst time to sell your business is during a catastrophic event because you're not going to be able to maximize value. Your business is typically turning downward. The best time to sell your company is when your business is up and turning upward. But nobody, Deborah, nobody plans their exit from the beginning. They just don't. I've dealt with thousands upon thousands upon thousands of business owners. I don't have one business owner that has really truly planned their exit from the beginning. So business owners, I mean, it's like, you know, it's funny because we plan everything else in our life, right? If we have kids, we plan where they're going to go to preschool, elementary school, middle grade, high school, college, who they're going to marry, how many kids they're going to have, you know, what they're going to do when they grow up. If we, you know, we do estate planning, we make sure we have a will, but we don't plan for our largest asset, which is our business. So all business owners should follow the GPS exit model, the STGPS exit model, which is number one, what do you need to do when you want to drive somewhere? You pull out your phone and what do you plug in? Your Apple phone, by the way. <laughs> yeah. And what do you plug in? You plug in your destination, where you want to go, right? Otherwise, you're just going to drive around aimlessly and not, not reach your destination. So you plug in your destination. Well, same thing with your business. You need to plug in your destination. Figure out what you want to sell your business for. What is your end game? If you want to sell your business for $15 million, okay, 
I want to sell my business for $15 million. Pick a number, you know? And I would rather you be a little high than too low, but pick a number. So if you say, okay, I want to sell for $15 million, great. What does the GPS need to know now? It needs to know where are you starting from? What's your current location? What's your current valuation? Deborah, you'd be surprised. Most business owners are clueless about what their business is worth. I just got off the phone with a SaaS business owner, $80 million company, $80 million growth, completely oblivious to what his business is worth. Never had a valuation. Wow. You know, as humans get annual checkups on our bodies, we make sure we get our car checked up and our car tuned up, but we never get a business checkup. We never get a business valuation. And business owners should know every year what their business is worth because there are external events that can increase the value of your business and can decrease the value of your business like COVID. Mm -hmm. So always know what your business is worth. So number one, if you know, I want to sell for $15 million. And then say so you, you just had a valuation, you know, you're currently worth $5 million. Okay, so now you got something to work with. I want to sell for 15 million. I'm currently worth 5 million. Now you need to know time frame. Time frame. So let's say, okay, I want to sell in seven years. Okay, seven years. I want to sell for $15 million. Now you need to reverse engineer it figure out who's your buyer's going to be, not buyer, buyers, because buyers do fall apart. <laughs> buyers, you know, don't close on businesses. So you always have to have backup buyers. So who's your buyer going to be? I'm going to tell you who your buyer's not going to be. There's five different types of buyers. It's not going to be a first-time buyer because they're not going to be able to afford a $15 million company. And it's not going to be a turnaround specialist because they buy distressed assets. So it's going to be either a private equity group, a strategic, or a serial entrepreneur. So then you have to know, well, what's that buyer's financial criteria? Where do the numbers need to be? Where does the gross revenues need to be? Where does the EBITDA, earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation, amortization have to be? And what are the characteristics of that business? Does it have to operate on all six cylinders, all ST6Ps? The fifth thing you need to know in the STGPS exit model is my why, which you just said it earlier. What is the why? Why do you want to sell for $15 million? Because let me tell you, if it was easy to sell for $15 million, everybody would be doing it. Right. Business is not always easy. Business is tough. And there are tough obstacles. And there are financial storms that we have to weather. And there's external catastrophic events that occur. Your why has to be powerful enough, strong enough to keep you motivated and keep you in the game so you won't waver. So you will stay steadfast and be able to sell that business for $15 million. So that's the STGPS exit model. It works. I do it with my business partners, but it's a plan. People don't go into business and fail to plan. They plan to fail. I mean, they don't go in and plan to fail. They fail to plan. That's the issue as they never think about the exit. People will come to me and say, Michelle, I want to sell for $20 million. Okay, great. Let's do evaluation. And their, their EBITDA is $100,000. You're not going to get $20 million. <laughs> and then I always ask him, well, why do you need $20 million? Well, that's what I need to retire on. Or that's what I need to get out of debt. Or that's what I need to buy another business. Or that's what I need to pay for five girls' weddings and colleges. Right. So right. what? Or that's what I need to support my mother-in-law. Whatever the case might be, buyers don't care about what you need. Buyers care about what the value of your business is. So how do you stay motivated and weather the storms? Um, I, you know, I'm just, I, I'm, <laughs> that's a good question. I'm always pretty positive, you know, pretty positive person. I always have this relentless desire to always succeed, always do better. You know, um, 
I feel like we all have a very short period of time on this earth and why waste it? Why waste it? You know, I feel there's so many people that just waste their life away. I've always been from the mindset that, you know, I'm here for a reason. I'm going to maximize that. I want to leave a legacy. I want to make a difference in people's lives. I want to be the best that I can be. I want to be a great role model for my 10 year old daughter. You know, I want to be a great role model for my employees. I want to be a great mentor to my partners. I want to help my sellers sell their business for the highest price possible so they can finally deserve their, you know, retire. I mean, a lot of these business owners have never had a vacation, you know, you got to think about it. I mean, they sacrifice vacations. They sacrifice going to their kids' soccer games and plays and because of their business. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I keep myself motivated because I'm just always excited about the future and what the future holds and what I can do next and what, you know, I can do next together as a team with my people. That's awesome. That's awesome. It's always, um, I'm always fascinated by the motivation, the desires, the why, the, the driver that uh, right. keeps entrepreneurs in the game. Because sometimes, you know, you have a vision, but it's until you see those glimpses of success along the way that you know, and you have that confirmation that you're on the right path. Right, right. And, you, and business owners get burned down along the way. I mean, you know, I have I had a partner to call me a while back, a few, well, was, he wasn't a partner at the time, but he called me a few years ago to sell his business. And you don't always get me on the phone. You don't. I have a team of people. And something told me that day, take that call, take that call, take that call. It's divine intervention. And um, I took the call and he says, uh, Michelle, I just want to sell my business. I've read your book. I've heard you're the best. I want you. I said, well, tell me about your business husband, wife, he didn't really have a business. He had a glorified job, husband, wife, one employee. He said, my, my wife and I are working 14 hours a day. We're about to kill each other. We'll probably get divorced. And we work out of our garage that we converted into an office. We told our one employee that we're going to sell or close our doors. So he left, (laughs) which by the way, never do that. (laughs) Never tell your employees you're going to sell or close. And he says, you know, I just don't have the business acumen to grow this company to the next level. I can't do it anymore. I'm exhausted. And I said, okay, you told me all the bad things. Tell me the good things. And he says, well, we got the best product in the industry, unparalleled, best service. Clients love us. We're very well branded, great reputation. In fact, our reputation is so good that we're turning down over 6,000 clients a year. Wow. And when he said that, I went, whoa. Now I know why I took the call. <laughs> so I said, listen, yeah. we're not going to sell your business. And he said, why? And I said, because you don't have a business to sell. I pull you out. There is no business. And you're not going to want to work for somebody else because you've been self-employed since you were like 14 years old. Right. So we're not selling your business. He goes, well, what are we doing? <laughs> I said, I'm going to do my due diligence. I said, but consider this as your lucky day, because if you would have got anyone else on the phone, they would have put your business on the market and you would be out of business. Mm-hmm. Cause you have literally nothing to sell. Yeah. So I did my due diligence. I partnered with them took put them into, I invested money, put them into a 6,000 square foot space, hired a bunch of employees, hired a COO. And now they actually have a business. And what's so great about this is him and his wife are brilliant. They're coming up with great ideas every day. Great inventions. Michelle, let's go on Shark Tank. We could do this. We got this adventure. We got this. We got that. And I go, what happened to the man who said he didn't have any business acumen? Right. And he just looked at me. <laughs> His mind wasn't deep enough. 
What's that? The why wasn't deep enough. No, I, it wasn't that. No, it was no. not that. It was because when you, <laughs> when you and your fog gets foggy, and when you are wearing so many different hats, he was the artist. He was the installer. Right. He was the one selling. He was doing customer service. He was having. He was handling customer complaints. He was wearing every single hat. His wife was printing the graphics. She was installing. She was selling. When you're wearing all these hats, how can you possibly work on your business when you're so busy working in your business? Got it. How can you possibly think of brilliant ideas when you can't even come up for air? Yeah. Yeah. They're just burnt. That's why. Mm -hmm. So they're brilliant. They actually, he actually cried at my birthday party and said, not only did Michelle say my business, but she saved my marriage. So. That's awesome. That's awesome. See, yeah. it spills into all other areas of life, not just business. What's that? <laughs> it spills into all other areas of life, not just business. Absolutely. Yeah. So during the <laughs> pandemic, you know, what mistake is on the rise from entrepreneurs trying to sell their business for fast cash? The mistake, it's not a mistake. on. Well, it's a mistake on the rise only because more businesses are desperate. More business owners are desperate hmm. trying to get out of debt or trying to, you know, say, sell their business for whatever they can so they can provide for their family. I mean, you got more desperate business owners now than you ever had before, especially in, you know, hospitality, restaurants, things of that nature. Um, but the mistakes have always been there. The mistake is not planning your exit. The mistake is not building a business that people actually want to buy. If you're the business, you have nothing to sell. You don't. If you have a dentist practice and you're the only dentist and I pull you out of that practice, what is there? If you're an interior decorator and you're well known in your city and well branded, but you sell, I sell the business and we pull the only interior decorator out of that business, what do we have? And I can repeat that in every single industry. So yeah. really the, the mistakes that business owners make is not planning their exit and not building their business to be sustainable, scalable, and sellable. All business owners should build their business based upon the six P's. And when they build it based upon the ST six P's, they're going to have a, a sustainable, scalable, profitable business. So when they are ready to sell, they can exit rich. A lot of business owners also don't diversify. They have all their eggs in one basket. So if this investment goes down the tube, they're in big trouble. Yeah. And you I know, think you got to try things we see right now at the pandemic is that all the eggs were in one basket and there's yeah. nothing to sustain that business model. Yeah. I heard a story today about a lady in New York who has three restaurants. She said it took 10 years to build these three restaurants and one week to shut them all down. So they're all closed now. Wow. And that's, I mean, they said 10,000 restaurants will close over the next 60 to 90 days. 10,000. I'm sure the number's going to rise up from that. And think you know, I'm in New Orleans and some of the most famous impacted. restaurants. What's that? Yeah, thinking about how the economy's impacted. Every time we lose one business, how does it impact right. our economy? Well, it does. Like I said earlier, like 70% of businesses will go out of business yeah. and, and, you know, Small businesses employ over half the U.S. workforce. When a small business goes out of business, now you got loss of jobs. Mm -hmm. When you have loss of jobs, then you have loss of spending power. When you have loss of spending power, then you have more businesses that will fail because they can't go out and buy clothes. They can't go out and buy, you know, uh, spend money on 
different types of events. I can't go to the movies. I can't go out to eat. You know, mm -hmm. it's a trickle down effect. It's a domino effect. Michelle, this has been an incredible interview. I could talk to you. This, this is a juicy conversation and very stimulating for me. So I love to talk innovation <laughs> and all of this, and I can't wait to read your book myself. Um, but we need to, you know, conclude the interview, but I always end with a couple of questions that I ask everyone on the show. And one is what is a book that has been transformational in your life? Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill Foundation. And, yeah. what and also about that also book rich what's that what is it about that book that stands out for you the most you know i've read that book so many times um i think it's just you know law of attraction you know it's about how you think about things your attitude yeah law of attraction if you really want something you can go out there and get it like me for that job you know at xerox i mean when i was told i would never get that job I love attracted that job. <laughs> I knew I was going to get that Absolutely. job. I dressed the part. I bought the mom box. And I, I prepared. I practiced. I did everything um, to get that job. So, you know, just about law of attraction and never giving up and persistence. Another great book that I love is um, Rich Dad Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. And actually, my co-author who wrote Exit Rich with me, Sharon Lecter, wrote Rich Dad Poor Dad with Robert Kiyosaki. She also wrote uh, Exit Rich with me. And I love that book, too, because it talks about rich dad, poor dad, right? Poor dad went to school, you know, is taught, go to school, go to school, go to school, get a job. Whereas rich dad is, yes, you can go to school, but don't go get a job, get a business, yeah. <laughs> create jobs for other people. So I think that's, that's a great book, too. The One Thing I Love by, by Gary Keller. Um, and the one thing is about so many entrepreneurs have the shiny penny syndrome, well, they chase this and then they chase that and then they chase this. I used to have a guy that worked for me and I swear to God, he would chase every rabbit. And I'm like, stop chasing rabbits, you know, <laughs> um, focus on the one thing, pick one thing and focus on that one thing. Uh, and then obviously Axel Rich is my favorite book. <laughs> uh, of course, of course. I wouldn't have it done any other way. I wouldn't expect it any other way. My, my last question for you is what does it mean to you to live rich from the inside out? That's a good question. So I think, you know, what it means to me to live rich from the inside out is, you know, obviously, um, I think it's important to be able to be successful, be profitable, because the more profitable you are, the more you can help others, the more you can donate, the more you can get donate money and also donate time. Have you ever noticed that the people who give the most time, the people who give the most money are the ones who are the most successful, right? Yeah. So being rich from the inside out means being very successful so you can help others, but also really being transparent, being ethical, keeping your word, um, doing what you say you're going to do, setting a good example for your employees, setting a good example for my partners, setting a good example for my clients, most importantly, setting a good example for my 10-year-old daughter, and living my best life and teaching her how to do the same thing to live her best life and to give back to others because that's what life truly is all about yeah it's about giving it definitely about giving and about giving. thank you for sharing such great insights michelle and um also how can people stay in touch with you get your book tell us a little bit more 
Sure. So they can go get the, the book at Exit Rich. So Exit Rich was supposed to come out in April 2020, but like many, we had the pivot. <laughs> so Exit Rich will be published in January 2021, but they can go to ExitRichBook.com right now and purchase the book for $24.79. We're in pre-sale. It's actually less expensive than Amazon. So for $24.79, which includes shipping, they will receive the digital download immediately. Plus, we will ship the hardcover to their doorstep. In addition to that, they will receive a lifetime membership into Exit Rich Book Club, where I have video training, where I go into deep dives, plus I have documents. So there are so much documentation needed to run a business. So so much documentation in the sale of a business. Many business owners have asked me, Michelle, do you have a copy of an organizational chart? Do you have an employee handbook? Do you have a non-compete? Do you have a sample due diligence checklist or a sample LOI, letter of intent, or a sample purchase agreement, closing docs, et cetera, because they've never seen them. Right. So I have sample documents of everything, <laughs> and they're available for your review and your download. You can download them all. And we keep adding more and more and more content into the Exit Rich Book Club. Plus, we'll receive a 30-day membership into Club CEOs, which is a like-minded entrepreneurial group that I started, where we could do hot seats, Q&As, things of that nature. So powerful and so generous. Thank you so much for sharing that with our audience. So if you're on uh, listening on your podcast player or watching us on YouTube, I will have everything in the show notes. So don't hesitate to come on in um, and check that out. Thank you so much, Michelle. It's been a pleasure having you. you on the show. And uh, I can't wait to see where the rest of your journey takes you. Thank you, Deborah. Likewise. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you as well. <laughs> Thank you everyone for joining us here on the Millionaire Woman Show. You can also go over to my website at www.debrakazowski.com where you're going to get your three-part video course, Making Habits Stick, Building That Focus and Consistency, and Knocking Those Goals and Dreams Out of the Park and Making Them a Reality. As Mohammed Gandhi said, be the change you wish to see in the world. And on behalf of Michelle and myself, go out and make today. Thank you.